to show. What's up, everybody? It's Dante again with another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. And today's guest is my first guest from another country, I guess. Um, my guest is a grappler from Belfast. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Yeah, it's acceptable. <laughs> All right. Today, we are going to welcome Andy. And we're going to talk about her jiu-jitsu journey and um, just kind of get into some general conversations with her. So um, welcome, Andy. How are you doing today? All good. All good. I've been off the whole day like yourself. So that's nice. It's always great to kind of come into these these recordings, having had time off for the day versus... There are times when I'm rushing home, I'm putting my daughter down, and it's like nine o'clock at night, and then we're recording, and I'm just dragging, and it sounds. I, I feel like a lot of my episodes start off kind of slow anyway until we start really rolling, and then energy picks up. But yeah, I mean, that's that's huge jujitsu, doesn't it? Like you always start slow, and then suddenly you're like, "Whoa, where's all this energy coming from?" And you're just basically murdering everyone. Unless you're a spazzy white belt, then you just jump right in and start trying to murder right out the gates. <laughs> Yeah, that will last five seconds, and then they're all dead and guessing along the sideline. <laughs> that that's always my favorite thing when you know you get one of the white belts. They they've been there long enough to know how to at least uh, you know spar a little bit, uh-huh. but they're still spazzy and they go full like full clip. Yeah, and, and I'm just like, yes, do it, do it, do it. You've only got 15 seconds of that, and then once they tire out, you yeah. get that sweep, you get mount, and you just sit there and and. <laughs> And just work all everything that you can think of. It's like, okay, now's that time to start practicing triangle for mount, armbar for mount. What else? Oh, let's get this Ezekiel going. Just all, all the little traps here. Oh, I'm gonna let him go ahead and sweep me back over, and then we're gonna go back to mount because you're tired. I don't yeah, abuse they're white belts. They're like they're like life dummies. Like dummies that aren't just completely dead. Yeah, basically. Um, at least they try. Uh. So um what with uh training how long you been training uh that's a that's a bit of a weird question because i've had a lot of long stops so i technically i started well i started my martial arts journey when i went to the army first but then kind of got got neglected and then i picked it back up in 2016 and started off with um actually just mixed martial arts but that got me into grappling initially because I just I really didn't like the standoff part because uh, everybody who knows me I can barely even walk on the straight floor, let alone do anything like punching and kicking a person without like kicking myself in the face probably. <laughs> so uh, grappling was a bit more of an outcome because it felt a lot more secure there. And uh, yeah, so that's how I got into nogi grappling first. Um, but then I ran into some issues with my gym, so I switched to train with Gracie Bar for a while, which was all gi. So I was the only one who did not train the gi in every single gi class. So they started to hate me at some point <laughs> because I refused to wear a pajama. And uh, now I do. Now I do. Don't hate me, please. But uh, um, but then I was uh, recovering as well from um, eating disorders and stuff. So I was really skinny and I had no muscle whatsoever. So I decided for a whole year to just not train and instead just be in the gym, eat like 
crazy and just lift weights, you know, get some mass going and stuff. And uh, I did train a couple of times in that year, it was in 2017. And then did pick it up grappling again in 2018 when I moved to Belfast and then uh, started key training there. So yeah, it's a bit rocky. Actually, we are very similar in that standing up and walking being problematic. Um, <laughs> so we we are twins in that regard. Uh, also, when I first started training, I think for like maybe the first four months, I didn't have a gi. And mm-hmm. one of our purple belts at the time, he, I, I think he was getting sick of me not having a gi. So he choked me with my shirt. <laughs> and the next week, well, after that class, I went home and contemplated, should I continue this? Like that, that was really embarrassing. Like, you know what, let me just pony up the hundred bucks and get a gi. I came back next week w- with a gi on and he choked me again. So I, 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 I think he likes me now. I think he's, he's really, he it is funny because he's a super nice guy. Like all most, most of our uh, grapplers are, but it's just, it's weird. Cause he's so, so, so nice. And as soon as you get on the mat, it's like, did I make you mad? Are you angry at me? Because you're like, why are you so aggressive right now? So, but that, yeah, that is an interesting journey getting to uh, jujitsu in itself. You're, uh, what's your rank right now? Blue belt? I'm a blue belt, yeah. It's uh, a, and I'm probably not gonna, you know, move up the ranks anytime soon because I need a, I currently don't even have a gym. I haven't had a gym in a year and a couple of months now. So I've literally just been training while while traveling. That's the only chance I really get. So, um, but I'm moving out of Belfast. So soon enough, I will not be Irish anymore. I will be English, I guess. Um, and then I'll be uh, I'll be back training full time. So that should be about a month now, and then uh, I'll be back. And then hopefully maybe we'll the wrongs a little bit at some point. All right, that's cool. You know, with with going through that journey of um, how long you've been training like what exactly you know brought you into just ideal of you know want to do martial arts in general though uh it's i think it's just because i've always been a bit of a tomboy so um when i was a kid i because my 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 own dad he used to be he, he's been in the military he's been in the french legion and stuff so and he always wanted to have a boy but uh he had for me he had two other girls and uh he was like oh i really hope the third one is a boy and Whoops, sorry, daddy, I'm not a boy. But uh, so he basically just raised me a little bit as a boy and we were always like play fighting and like wrestling and like he made me do soldier stuff and archery and all this kind of stuff. So I've, I've always just been a, a bit of a bum boy. And then when I went to the um, army and learned how to fight there and stuff, both with like unloaded weapons, like how to you know use your weapon basically for like hand-to-hand combat and uh, kickboxing and all that kind of stuff, that's how I got into it. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's a, I, I suppose it's just the way I was raised. <laughs> I, I get it. My mom, she wanted girls. She got four <laughs> boys. And she's the only girl out of seven children. So, um, and, and I'm the oldest, so I was the experimental, you know, she would braid my hair. I had a lot of hair as a kid and she would braid my hair and I hated it so much. So once I got old enough and got control, I've been shaving my head ever since. Like we're never experiencing that again. Now I have a daughter with a lot of hair and I'm like, I get it, but can we just cut it a little bit? But nah. Um but that's cool though. 
you know, with your experiences now just kind of floating about in training, you know, as you travel, you know, what are those experiences like, you know, any, you know, I, I guess um, in your travels, you know, is there any specific place that you felt like, you know, you really, really enjoyed that, you know, that experience with them? Mm -hmm. There's actually, to be honest, I've not had a single bad experience traveling. It's probably because I pick my gyms, right? Like I, I, I do check out the gyms in the area where I'm going and then I'm kind of like looking at the pictures and trying to get a vibe from it. Because sometimes, you know, immediately when you see the style of the gym or the uniforms that they're wearing that, you know, you immediately know, know like this is going to be my place or that's definitely not going to be my place. So I, I kind of like pick my places where I go. And so far I've not have a, had any bad experiences. Um, I think one of the, the places where I really like to go and it's really accessible for me is just take the bus down to Dublin um, and just go train there. The last time I was there was in November last year. So yeah, so nearly a year ago now. And um, I trained with for a whole week with 10th Planet there and with JS. Um, so 10th Planet is obviously all no gay and then JS is all mo mostly gay. Um, which was really, really good experience. I've still chat with loads of people, especially from 10th Planet. And my I'm really tall, so, and really, I kind of like lanky and stuff. So I do, I have this a thing that we call Giraffe Jitsu. And one of my girls who is also in the Giraffe Gang, she's actually from Dublin, from JS. So we share like Giraffe memes on Jiu Jitsu. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really funny. So you make a lot of good connections. And then, uh, I trained in Taiwan for uh, when I was still a white belt. I trained there for nearly two months. Um, and that was an amazing experience as well. Um, so many parties as well. Those people are absolutely insane. And uh, Tenerife had already a couple of two different um, places where I went to train there as well, where uh, unfortunately, I don't know if you know the guy, but normally one of the gyms has Ben Poppleton. Uh, I don't know if you know him, but he's, He's a pretty big name in Jiu-Jitsu. He normally teaches there, but he was over in the UK when I was not. So that was really convenient. But uh, if I ever go to train there again, I'll be training with him as well. So, yeah, there's, there's literally no bad experiences there. That's good. Um, there's been, I'm sure there's always, you know, things going on. But lately, there's been a, a couple posts floating around on social media which I actually just saw the actual video of the the MMA fighter rolling with the guy, and she has him in kind of a mounted triangle. Uh, but the meme that goes, or I don't want to say meme, but like the post that goes with it is a you know a bunch of knuckleheads making you know goofy comments. And the only thing I can think with that is either these are guys that just started training or who don't train at all that don't understand that you know being in any kind of a comp compromising position, such as a triangle, especially, you know, it's not a walk in the park, you know, and these mm -hmm. guys are like, oh, he probably just got himself stuck there on purpose, you know. Was he, he rolling with a girl? Yeah, there, yeah, there, there was a guy rolling with a, a female, and, and, you know, there are comments like that. So, you know, it's it's good to hear that, you know, your experiences aren't negative. It, when I really think about it, you know, you do see that there are bad experiences out there i don't i haven't you know known anyone personally that dealt with them you know a, a bad gem or anyone you know with bad attitudes 
especially towards rolling with females. I, I, there are some here in Belfast, for example, I'm not going to drop names or anything, um, mm -hmm. but uh, there is one gym. And I know if, if anyone would be listening to this and hearing this, they, they would know there's one gym. Uh, it's an MMA gym and they do, uh, so they do grappling, but they also do kickboxing and all that kind of stuff. And um, they have, I think yearly, they do this big thing where like people who have very little to no martial arts experience, they go do learn MMA there. And then at the end of like a certain amount of weeks, I think it's like 12 weeks or something, they have like this blue collar MMA match at the end, you know, with like silly rules, like no punching in the face when someone's on the ground or whatever, you know, so something like that. But um, in that gym, I've heard so many stories about girls um, being touched between their legs and not accidentally, but like on purpose. And like, there's a one girl she teaches there and uh, she's like a kick champion in kickboxing or whatever. And she, her defense was like, well, that's just guys, you know, that's, that's just how they, what they're like. And I'm like, mm, maybe you should get out. Yeah. I, I disagree with her on that. My teammates, <laughs> she messaged me. Actually my teammate, she's the one who, who sent the, the, picture to me initially and we discussed it on messenger last week and you know it was weird when it came through because when she sent it to me i was like what's this all about you know i'm reading the comments and she goes i'm glad you know where we train at we don't have to deal with anything like this and i started thinking about it i was like well first off we don't have a lot of females at our gym anyway but when we do have females at our gym you know, everyone's very welcoming and polite to them. And, you know, if a male is rolling with the female, whether they're experienced or in freshly starting, you know, we're not trying to steamroll them or be disrespectful in any way, shape or form. So it's always bizarre to me when I see something like that or hear about it, because you do hear about it from time to time. I'm not, you know, blind to it. I I'm not saying that it doesn't exist because people in general so you know not saying that it's okay you know not saying oh well you know that's guys for you because you know that's where a lot of you know just bad um bad habits and bad ideologies come from where it's like oh where are guys they can do that or that's what they do because when you start believing in that and going with that it, it becomes a culture and that's a gross culture to be a part of but it is bizarre, just, you know, the toxic behavior that, that does come about from time to time. Like I said, I don't think it's a, an epidemic in our sport at all. I, I think it's just, you know, when you especially when you get someone new or someone young in the game with a lot of it, like I said, it's all about making people feel comfortable in this toxic, you know, the few toxic individuals you know, shouldn't ruin it for others. Uh, I'm always telling my my uh, female friends, especially, you know, try try it out. Mm -hmm. I want everyone that I know to know how to defend themselves. I have a daughter as well. I want her to be able to defend herself. You know, not just females, males too, because males think, oh well, I'll just knock them out or I'll do this. It's not that it it doesn't work that way. Uh, like in the movies, you could hit someone with one punch and knock them out. But in real life, I've seen it. I saw a dude at the bar get knocked out and he went stiff. And I was 
I was amazed. I, I, I think I was 23 when I saw this. And I remember the dude got dropped and my buddy and I would just look like, holy shit, what the fuck did we just see? And the dude, it looked like it. I had never seen anything like it. And I was just mm-hmm. like, holy shit. But that's very rare that you ever see those situations. Usually a fight ends up going to the ground in some capacity and most people don't know what the fuck they're doing anyway. So true. Um, but but either way it goes. It, I'm glad that, that you know your experiences traveling about ha- have all been pleasant. That's good because I've I've only gone to three different gyms um, outside of my own, and they're all in this local area, and they've all been they've all been good experiences for myself personally. But I know again, males versus females experiences can be much much different. To be fair, I do think for myself that I'm pretty um, lucky the way that I am because I'm like, even though I'm a girl, I am very comfortable like being around guys because most of my friends are guys. Um, and I have the I have the good thing that I'm like, I'm tall and I'm built pretty mus- muscly. So most of the time when guys see me, they don't really, I mean, obviously they know I'm female, but they don't really consider me like, you know, the dainty princess kind of type. So, and to be fair, whenever I go to a gym where there's only guys and who, where most of them have never rolled with girls, they tend to be a little bit awkward and a little bit careful at the beginning up until the point where they realize I do bite back and also I don't break easily. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, it's okay. So I've actually had guys who are like, like probably about 10 kilos heavier than me. I don't know what that is in pound, but like quite a lot heavier than me, like go full on with their knee on my temple and stuff. Cause they know I can take it. And like, if they accidentally like touch me or something, then unless you do it on purpose, I will break your fingers. But if, an accident, if it's an accident, then it happens, you know, what, what do you expect? They're fighting each other. So it's all right. And I think, but I do think a lot of girls, not all of them, but a lot of girls, especially if they're like a little bit smaller and a little bit lighter, they sometimes tend to make it a little bit awkward themselves because they're like, oh, don't put your pressure on me. And, oh, I'm a female. And I'm like, yeah, well, this is why nobody takes us serious. My training partner, I always say my training partner, my, like the main person I train with uh, out of comfort is a female. She's a smaller female at that. And she kicks my ass nonstop. She just came back from having a baby and i rode with her a few weeks back it was herself me and her dad and we were just kind of rotating and i wasn't going easy on her i was going a little lighter just because again she just she's back from maternity leave so her timing's a little off um but she made me pay for it she was like don't don't take it light on me like what the fuck are you doing like just just roll how we roll and it didn't matter i rolled how we roll and she still kicked the shit out of me i did I did do um, a peek out, and when I, you know, came up, I, the force kind of pushed her across the mat. I wasn't expecting that, um, but the, you know, I I thought about that. I felt bad, but she, you know, she's a trooper. She jumped up, and we both, you know, we all laughed about it. But business as usual, she went back to beating the shit out of me, and then I rolled with her dad, and her dad's really good too, but. You know, and it's weird because it's like both of them. It, I, I remember 
posting on Facebook about it or on Instagram actually and saying I just got the their last name is Johnson. I was like, I just got the Johnson and Johnson beat down this morning. And I don't know, it's it's always weird going in there getting beat up by the dad and then the daughter beats me up and i'm like jesus christ <laughs> i feel like i insulted your family or something yeah. but but rolling with her you know she's never been one of those females you know and again she's she's smaller she's never been a female and it's like you know oh you know careful with your pressure or you know the the few females that do roll at our gym are actually extremely tough and durable um and just intense. Like she, I remember something happened to her knee during a roll. Like it, she heard it, and I was like, "Oh shit, are you okay?" She was like, Shh, "Don't tell, like, be quiet, like, don't let anyone know they're gonna make me sit out." I was like, "Gee, like, like, fucking, what is wrong with you?" But yeah. you know, nothing wrong with this. I, I think that's that's fine. But it's like, no, most you know, most people are like, "Oh shit, I'm hurt. Let me sit yeah. out." Yeah. With you uh, being you know, you say you're going to, you know, just because you're not really located at one gym right now, um, you're not, you know, anticipating ranking up anytime soon, which understandably. So how long have you been at Blue Belt? Since, oh, that's, that's quite a long time, actually, because I got my Blue Belt four months, I think about four months when I picked up gee training. So February, February, March, April. Yeah, I got it in either June or July. So it was less than half a year when I picked up gi training. So since June or July 2018. Okay. So that that's how long. And then I I was a blue belt. So I got my blue belt really, really quickly. And I was convinced it was prematurely. Um, luckily, nobody else in the gym thought so because that would have been really awkward. But, uh, but I thought it was prematurely and I had the blue belt blues for like half a year. I legit for half a year, I was like, I'm going to quit. I hate it. Why did I ever start this? I want to murder everybody, but I don't know how I felt like I went from a super good white two stripe white belt. I actually went from two stripes on my white belt to blue. And, uh, I thought I was a really bomb white belt and the worst blue belt in the world. Um, up until the point where I went to train at another gym for just one night. It was during New Year's and they had like this New Year's open mat thing. And uh, I was like, oh my God, I don't want to roll with anybody because they're going to see how terrible I am. And they're going to be asking my coach, like, why did you give her a blue belt? She doesn't deserve it and stuff like that. And then it turned out that I was actually like, I could keep up or even beat most of them, even like the two or three stripe blue belts and stuff. So it's like, okay, maybe I do belong in this belt. Um, and then everything went tits up and I lost my gym and everything. And now I'm still stuck where I am with one stripe on my blue belt. <laughs> I think we all go through that imposter syndrome when we get promoted. Because I, I, I remember I remember right before I got promoted, there have been times where I thought, I think I think this might be the day. I think this might be the day. And I see my coach grab belts and someone else get promoted. And I wasn't upset. It was just like, huh, well, guess I'm not ready yet. And then the day that it happened, it it he he promoted me at the beginning of class, so that meant there was a target on my back for the rest of class. So, it, it, and everyone, all the like all the you know higher rank white belts came at me. It was like, hey, want to roll? Want to roll? Want to roll? I was like, oh shit! But I remember getting home. I, I got to the car and I called my wife, and I was like, I, I told her, you know, it, it was weird because. 
she had been asking for a while. Like, are you still like when? When do you think you're gonna get your bluebells? Like, I don't know. I'm not gonna ask either. Like, it'll happen when it happens. And I remember I got in the car and I called her. And on the verge of tears, was like, dude, I got promoted. She's like, really? Like, congrats. Like, come home. I got some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for you. It's like, well, that's that's like not a celebration dinner. What the fuck? But it in for several months after, I didn't feel like I belonged. I felt like at least three months, two to three months. I was just like, I don't know if I really deserve this belt. And then I started, you know, started talking with coach and, you know, other teammates and getting an understanding of what it meant to be a blue belt and, you know, progressing with my training. So I, I think we all go through that, that thought of, I don't know if I belong here. I don't know if I'm ready for this. And depending on your gym, you know, and stuff that you learn and what's learned at other gyms, you know, you'll step right out there with the other, you know, um, similar ranks and you fit right in. One of the gyms nearby I had gone to when I was a white belt and I was rolling an open mat and the guy, he asked me, I was like, are you sure you like, you're a white belt, but you know, you move like, you know, like you're a blue belt. I was like, I, I don't know, dude. I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just grappling. I'm doing what I've been taught to do. So maybe that says a lot about, you know, my gym and their preparation versus their gym. I don't know. But I think we all hit that that weird stride where we're like, do I really belong here? Do I? I still ask that now. I, I think I'm coming up on two years as a blue belt, and I'm still asking, like, do I deserve this? Maybe I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> then I go out there and get my ass kicked by another blue belt. I'm like, hmm. All right. Well, you know what? That's okay. That's okay. He's a competition blue belt. I'm I'm just a casual blue belt. So like, they're, they're like we're we're not the same. Um yeah. like were you competing before um at white belt or anything? Uh at white belt I only competed once and that was a total disaster because I was sick. So I'd been vomiting the whole morning and the night before and I had like this splitting headache and then I somehow ended up in a category because they had so few females competing because it was like a small tournament my first one they had so few females competing that they literally just made a cut like everyone under 60 kilo everyone over 60 kilo so it was basically like a, an absolute kind of category and I was barely 60 I was like legit with gi just exactly 60 kilo that was it so and I was up against these girls that were all like 10 20 kilos heavier than me and this one girl in like my mm -hmm. third Round. I'd already lost two because I was just like going like this and like barely knew how to take my, get my grips and stuff. And this last girl, she just went her with her knee like full on my temple, and I just stepped from that. I was like, "Fuck it, just fuck this shit." I have a headache. I was vomiting. I can barely stand on my feet. I'll just tap to that. And my whole team was like, "Your disappointment." I was like, "What, what do you do?" I was dying. Yeah, that was sitting there thinking too, and you're like, "I was up all night vomiting." And all I'm thinking is like, well, at least you probably didn't miss weight. I could assure you of that. <laughs> I also at White Belt only competed the one time. And I don't know that I was supposed to be in the bracket with the people I was in. I don't think they had enough people. So I think they just said, hey, you all are the same age. You're the same rank. Uh, just we're going to put you guys together and it's going to work. And the guy that I went against in the first round was definitely heavier than me. 
<laughs> a lot heavier than me because I was at the I was at the cutoff points. I barely made weights, <laughs> so I know I was you know kind of close to the to the top, and that guy weighed more than me. So, mm-hmm. but he quit. He gave up. He was beating me. He was winning the entire match, and he just he couldn't get a, a, a bow and arrow choke on me, and he gave up his grips, let go. I rolled around and get, I fell into side control and got the points and the match was over. Like time ran out just as they gave me the points. I was like, Oh, I didn't even think I won. I thought I lost. I, w- I walked up with my head hanging down, like disappointed. And they raised my arm up. I was like, Holy shit. I thought my arm was raising up because my arm was light and you know, just the nerves. And I was like, shit, put your arm down. And no, it turned out. No, I won. And then when I went against the next guy, Cause there are only five of us. Um, when I went against the next guy in the finals he, or no, yeah, there were four, four of us, I think four or five of us, but um, I won, I was in the finals and the guy I went against, like it, it wasn't even close. That dude, first off, he wasn't even in a, in a fight stance or anything. He was just standing straight up. And my coach, I look at him, I was like, what do I do? He says, get your grips. And I go to get grips and the dude just smacks my hand away. Like, like I was a child. I was like, oh, shit. This is a different beast. Um, then he ended up with a single leg on me. Got me down. Um, got his two for taking me down. He had three for uh, side control. He beat me five to zero. We ended up in half guard and just finished in half guard. And then afterward, he was really nice. He goes, dude, um, you know, if you would have tilted me this way, you would have had a sweep. I was like, you should have told me that during the match. Um, <laughs> You know, I was saying a lot of really mean, nasty stuff to him during the match, too. Just horrible things that I don't know that I should ever repeat. Mm-hmm. But he was so nice. It, that's always the weird thing with this sport is like everyone, at least that I've encountered, everyone's really nice. So I'm always Mostly. I'm always blown away by how nice we are to each other. But yeah. we're trying to kill each other at yeah. the same time. I, there's uh, so many exceptions, to be fair, because I... On Blue Belt, I've done most of my competitions. Uh, yeah, I've actually, I've done, apart from one, I've done all my competitions at Blue Belt because there's no other rank so far for me. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I have to think about really dumb things. But um, uh, there's this, there was one girl who I was actually, I was terrified competing to, against her because I seen her Instagram. She's a beast. She did lifting and she was so heavy and so strong and like known as the Kimura queen and all this stuff. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be absolutely demolished on that mat. Because like the only reason I even fought against her was because there was nobody in my weight bracket because I'm like this weird in-between weight. Where I'm like, I'm not a lightweight, I'm not a heavyweight, I'm like a kind of in between, and there's nobody else because everybody's either fat or skinny. Um, and then there's me, and I'm just a blob, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, so I ended up match- matched up with her, and I was absolutely terrified, I was mortified. And I also smashed my hand into a wall for um, very good reason. So I also was basically fighting with one hand. And uh, the only thing that I could think of was during the, the during the whole like waiting for to compete against her was like the only thing I was like I'm, she's not gonna get a kimura on me. That's the one thing I, I had in my head. That girl is not gonna get a fucking kimura on me, whatever it takes. And uh, she didn't. <laughs> she got an armbar instead, but it's not a kimura. So at least I got that. But I was like really chill because I was like I knew that she was gonna win because. I was injured. I wasn't prepared for competition at all because my coach did not 
prepare us for competition properly. Um, so I was like, "There's if I win, cool. If I'm not winning, then that is completely, I, I, I don't care. I'm just here for the experience by this point. Um, and uh, so, yeah, she crushed me twice in a row. Um, to be fair, she wasn't actually that good. She was just really fucking heavy. Um, but that was about the extent of it. And then, you know, because she was so heavy and so much stronger, she just like ripped, like there was no technique. There was like literally just crushing me into the ground so I couldn't move. And then she ripped like kind of like she did a, a curl or something. That's how she like moved my arm. And I was like, well, okay, I guess that's fair. And I was completely chill about it. I was like, I wanted to shake her hand. And I was like, thanks for the match and blah, blah. And she was just like, hmm, and walked off. I was like, Wow. Wow. I I wonder though with her, it is she in that that competition mindset? I don't know if maybe you would have seen her later. She would have been different, maybe. I don't know. No, because uh, the competition later was the same, like the same organization. And I was competing to a girl from her like from the same affiliation, but the one lived in Derry and the other in Nuri. So the first girl, the one who just stalked off. She's from Derry, and the girl that I competed afterwards, who's from the same team, she comes from Nuri, and they know each other. And so this one girl was out of my weight because she was way heavier, and this other girl was, like, way lighter. So super great matchup as well. She was nearly purple. She's a purple belt by now as well. So um, I, I think I won the first match, and then the second match, because we were just the only two in the bracket, second one she won, and she had more. Oh, she submitted me, so she, in the end, got the got cold but she was like super 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 nice and then i actually mentioned her teammate because they're like same affiliation and they know each other and she was like yeah yeah she's always like that and she actually quit because <laughs> she fell out with everybody and i was like ah well that explains a lot i suppose yeah i have teammates that when we're on the mats like i said the one guy who choked me with my shirt really nice guy off the mat he comes in just so nice and then he chokes me with my shirt, um, you know, but so that's what I was wondering. I was like, well, maybe she's just, you know, just hyped up at that moment and just wasn't thinking about it. Um, so I don't know that, that I guess there are people just, that are just built that way, though. They're just ultra competitive and their mindset is just always in this area of, you know, everyone's the enemy type type deal. But there's also there's guys and I think she's one of them as well. There's because I know some other some other guys who are like they're not just they're they are very competitive, yeah, but they also feel like they, they and they've actually said it a couple of times, like if you're not on my level, you're not worth my time. So there's there's unfortunately some of them, but in my experience as well, most of them are super, super nice and you just have like the odd one out who is just like, I'm the future goat. So, you know, just just stay the hell away from me unless you're also a future ghost. I'm wondering if that's my problem. Maybe, maybe I need to be meaner. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I always think to myself, you know, I always want to invite people over to train. I always want to be welcoming and opening and I'm always making my time available. I remember um, saying to my coach that I didn't want to be an inconvenience to people when training you know, like for because once I got my blue, uh, they allowed me to start kind of running an open open mat on Sundays. So I have people come in and we will work on whatever they wanted to work on. I didn't yeah, I didn't want to, again, take away from anyone else's time. And I was explaining to them that that's felt like kind of a problem for me 
in being that way where I just said, you know, let's work on what you want to work on. We'll get to mine later. He was like, no, you got to say, you know, fuck that work on what you want to work on because you're there to make yourself better. And I was like, well, you're right. You know, but I I don't think that's in my character to just say, you know, fuck what you want to work on. Let's work on, you know, I want to work on spider guard all day. Like, I know you want to work on something else, but fuck you. It's about me. Um, But I feel like that sometimes that's got to be that mentality to a small degree. I don't think that's, you know, completely the case all the time. But I think you do have to be that way of I'm here to do this and I'm not letting anything stop my goal. And even, you know, going to, you know, the smaller competitions, the same mentality. This is just a stepping stone. You're in my way. I got to get here. I can't, you know, be bothered by anything else. And, you know, that's cool, I guess. But that's not how my brain works. Unfortunately or fortunately, I'm not sure. But go ahead. Yeah, I I, said I'm I'm exactly the same. Like and but it is I think it is there is a difference. Like I I think it is not a bad thing because I feel like nice people like us just, you know, a little humble brag. But uh, I think nice people like us, we sometimes, I think we, we get, we're more likely to get crushed because like, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I feel so nice most of the time that I'll just take it easy and every role is just chill. And then people just smash me and I'm like, that's fine. I don't feel too competitive, but it is, I have noticed that for me personally, and maybe you have the same experience, but I can actually get into that. Like I will crush you completely mentality, but it needs to be an actual like a serious situation because I have been in a couple of street fights here in Belfast that I actually won every single one of them because my jiu-jitsu suddenly kicked in and I knew all the jiu-jitsu that I didn't even know I knew and then I was like then suddenly I could win and then afterwards I was sitting there with like a black eye and like a bleeding knee and I was like why can't I get into this mindset on the mats like why do I actually need to have my life threatened before I'm actually good at (laughs) jiu-jitsu one of my previous guests on here PJJ Mama from Instagram, she made a point of saying that competition is important in that regard where most of us, you know, we go out and we train, we practice, we go to the gym and we have our teammates, but a competition is probably going to be the closest that most of us get to being in a fight where you're fighting for your life, where someone else is trying to rip your arm off or choke you unconscious. And it's like, yeah, you're right, you you know, because in a gym, you're not necessarily going that full clip because your teammates you're not trying to hurt each other and i don't think most competition people are trying to hurt each other either but again there is the point of i need to win so i have to do what i have to do so you know maybe you know and and maybe that's the thing though too maybe when you get on the mat even in competition it's still the ideal that you're on the mat and Mm -hmm. it's it doesn't translate whereas in a fight in a street fight it's life or death It's like, you got to do what you got to do, but I'm glad, I'm glad you won those fights. You know, what's your record? (laughs) I think I've only gotten into, no, actually I got into three fights and I won uh, all three of them. Yeah. To be fair, one really wasn't that serious. That was just with a bouncer from the club where I was working in. But uh, he, and he's, he actually full on like smashed my head into a wall and stuff to the point where I like, went like this and I was like dizzy and stuff. And that was the point where I just turned, it just turned into completely like you, you actually harmed me there and you could have bashed my head in. So now you're going to die. 
and he ended up like being folded over. I had him in like an inverted armbar and stuff, and he actually had to like beg me to let go because his arm went like it was about to snap, and I was like, "Well, that's what you get." So they were talking about it for weeks after. I think the embarrassment of nearly having his arm snapped by a girl was worse than you know the actual armbar itself. And you know, good for you though. Fuck that guy. <laughs> and, and also good for your jujitsu though, because I think that's where you know the training comes into play where you just go into autopilot. Your body knows what to do. Like my wife used to mess with me in my sleep. And I would immediately wake up and go for an underhook. <laughs> like, I don't I don't fuck around. Like, like it's like if anything, let me get this underhook and we'll figure out the rest later. Where I was laying on the kitchen floor when uh, my daughter was maybe one or two. You know, I was we have laminate floors, so I'm sliding around the floor with my daughter on my stomach. My wife stepped over me, you know, jokingly like pretending to punch, and I grabbed her ankle um as if you know I'm going for Delaheva. And she was like, why is your grip so strong? And my response was like, my grip isn't strong. Your ankles are weak. Like, I don't know. Like, like get with the program. You know, we go into that autopilot, which is a good thing, though, because that's why we train. You know, you yeah, don't. So many times working in the club as well, because uh, there's this obviously now with the whole Corona situation, it's closed and stuff. But uh, before this, I was doing floor work, like a couple of, like maybe twice, uh, just over the weekend. And uh, so many times, I'm, I'm technically not allowed to because I'm not a bouncer, but I do, you know, when I see a fight break out and there's no bouncers, I step in because that's exactly where your jiu-jitsu star comes in. And I've had one time where I was so like legit sick, running a fever, my skin was hurting, I couldn't talk because my throat was so sore. And this idiot, this bull of a guy starts to fight there as well. And I was just like, ah, giving my cups to someone else, stepping in there, double underhooking me. He was like trying to punch me, but, but we were like literally chest to chest. And I was just like, calm down, calm down. And he wasn't calming down. And I was like, oh my God, I really don't want to like have to double leg him now and like sit on top of him and like choke him out and stuff. It's such a pain. <laughs> and luckily a bouncer came in and he dragged him away. But like, I was already there, like with my double underhooks. I was like, you're not going anywhere until you fucking calm down. And uh, kids who are like drunk and they are about to puke and you need to like drag them out and like just underhooking them on the one arm and then put them in a little wrist lock and suddenly they're like Mika's arms and you just move them wherever you want. It's like those little things where you're like suddenly like, oh, jiu-jitsu is so convenient. So what I'm understanding is you go out and you pick fights with guys. That's what I'm getting from this. You go out, you find guys and you, you embarrass them and then carry on with your day. Fair. Good to know. Good to know. I'll keep that in mind when I'm in the area. Um, and one of the things that I see on your Instagram, uh, more so in the stories, um, is you're very open about mental health. Yeah. Um, and the, do you feel like your training jujitsu help, helps you uh, in that area with yourself? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think it actually I think there's a couple of reasons that jujitsu is just really good for people, especially when they're 
um, struggling with mental health issues because one of the key things in mental health is that you start getting isolated a lot. Um, you know, because especially like it's hard to, to fall asleep at night when you're struggling with things inside your head. It's really hard to wake up in the morning. Like I, I'm currently in that situation with a burnout and everything where I'm just like, if I have to wake up and like get out of bed before 12 o'clock, please just shoot me because I really don't want to. Um, it, it, that, that kind of stuff is really hard and it's so easy to just sit in your room and not do anything, order your food and you don't see anything, anyone for days in a row. Um, and that really has an impact because one of the things you're missing when you're isolating is the human touch. And human touch is one of the things that is so good for our brain to make us like feel more upbeat and like feel, you know, just better in general. And um, jiu-jitsu, I think, in that regards helps with that because obviously you have an overload of human contact. And it's like basically just like aggressive cuddling. So it's like you get all the cuddles and all the hugs and all the handshakes that you need. But at the same time, you also get to like, you kind of like wrestle, you, you know, with your own demons while you're wrestling with someone else. That's the way I see it anyway. It's like an aggressive form of yoga, as it were. And I think... Um, from a lot of people who I've spoken to who got into jiu-jitsu because of their mental health issues, because they had like, you know, their mental health uh, struggles resulted into not just isolation, but into really bad anger issues, um, into basically just hating everybody, including themselves. And they, they went into jiu-jitsu, got all this physical contact they needed, got a way to like get rid of that excess aggression that they build up over the day build got a family basically because jiu-jitsu isn't just a team it is really they become your brothers and your sisters at, at some point if you stay long enough anyway and they I, I know from all the guys that i've spoken to that it has been such a help and in such a different way than um for example muay thai does or something because obviously yeah you have a team and you know you hang with the guys and like whatever but it's I think the philosophy that is behind jiu-jitsu and how, you know, we try to like, I, I don't know, I think it's the whole philosophy behind it that makes it like a little bit different. So it just adds a little extra dimension to, you know, when you're struggling, if that makes sense. No, I, I definitely get it. That that does make sense. I, I didn't realize how important it would be to my mental health until I got into it and really started started embracing the sport mm -hmm. when I go it used to be I could only train on Saturday mornings years ago and I also had therapy on Saturday morning so I would go to therapy first and then go to jujitsu next and you, you know nothing nothing you know connecting yet then when my schedule switched around and I was off on Wednesdays I would have jujitsu at 11 o'clock and then I would have therapy at one o'clock and after going to jujitsu and I sit there in my therapist's office and it, I felt like I had no problems. Everything was fine. And I remember she and I had this discussion one day. I, I told her, I don't think it's fair that I come here after jujitsu because if I come here and, you know, we're talking like, so how are things, you know, cause that's how we tend to start off. And, you know, based off of just getting done, you know, having the shit kicked out of me, I'm like, things are great. Things are fine. You know, I, I feel good. I just got done with jujitsu. And usually after jujitsu, I talk for about half an hour with one of my teammates afterward. So I'm feeling good. So it was always, and it took me a little while to realize that's what was, you know, what was going on is jujitsu was really helping me out. How, um, you know, 
like you said, the skin to skin contact with people, you know, the aggressive coloring, uh, you know, getting aggression out. Um, there a couple years back or coming up on two years now, my my foster mother, she passed away. And I remember I found this out on a Tuesday and I was it was I was broken up all day, um, just in a bad spot, just sad. And then Wednesday I go in the train and I remember I went in a little late. I got in there just kind of normally I come in, I'm chatty. Um, I went in, didn't really talk to anyone, just kind of embraced what was going on. And and I remember, you know, rolling with a few people, not doing bad, not doing great. Just, you know, just, you know, just the day is what it is. And I remember afterward um, in between roles, I took a break in between. I remember like kind of fighting back tears. Um, it was like while rolling, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking about any of that. I'm just thinking about, you know, the next move. But in between that grief was eating me up. And I, I think just in jujitsu, you know, your mind is focused on other things. It, mm-hmm. It's, you know, a, a big old puzzle, um, it's human chess. So, you know, when, when your brain is occupied with something, you know, you know, with a goal, um, I, I think that goes a long way. I think that helps out in, in keeping us kind of lined up mentally. I think at least I'm not, I'm no expert. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I just, can speak on my own experiences here, but I know after each class, I feel good. Like I, I call people I haven't talked to in a while. And I, I'm like, Hey man, I didn't talk to you in a while, but I love you, dude. You know, I, I'm just in, I'm in a really good place after training. I think that's w- what was really damaging about COVID and shutting down all the gyms yeah. is, you know, how's that going to affect a lot of people? I know for me, I was still working and jujitsu helped me after work because I would have a shit day. I go to jujitsu and that day wasn't so bad, but now I have a shit day at work and then I don't have jujitsu. And it's like, Oh wow, this is, that is very important to my life and I need it. Wasn't it also you, didn't you upload on your Instagram story this about this guy who had his own gym where he was like training with like um, criminal, like ex-criminals or something? Was it you and that his gym closed and that now there's like relapses and stuff? Or was that not you? I, I, not me. I, I haven't heard this. <laughs> you always like, you always shout out people and stuff. So I always Im- I immediately think like, if it's a shout out, I'm like, then it must be, then it must be uh, you, but no. So yeah, no, I actually thought that that's, in that case, it's interesting that you bring that up as well, because the whole COVID thing, because, so I saw this story and now I can't remember quite which gym it was, but it was somewhere in the States where this, this guy run, ran his own, like this, his own personal gym as like uh, the sole owner and like the sole coach and stuff. And he was working with like, I think like drug, like people who have been drug addicted and who've been like in criminal world and that kind of stuff. And his training actually helped them. I, I don't think it's just jujitsu. I think it's like mixed martial arts, but jujitsu as well. But uh, his, his training and the way he was there for him and what he taught them actually like got them out of their drug abuse and out of their criminal life. And then COVID closed the gym and because obviously it's a small gym and he has no money and stuff. So he's in big trouble. And he, I think in, in just a couple of months, like since the second lockdown or something, there's already like four relapses people either going back into crime or going back into drugs because they no longer have that thing that was their substitute, as it were. That's one thing that, you know, when everyone's shutting, shutting down gyms, shutting down jobs, shutting down things, 
we're not looking at the bigger picture. You know, they're just like, okay, we got to shut things down because we have this virus out there. And I get it. I understand, you know, you got to take precautions. You got to be safe, but they're just matters that have, you know, again, you're getting people who need, you know, well, first off, you got people who need jobs and, you know, you're shutting down jobs, but, you know, in this instance, you, you have jujitsu or or just the gym in general. When people go to lift weights, they go to run on a treadmill, they go to, you know, play basketball or whatever it may be. And you shut down these facilities, you shut down people's options. And when you, you know, take those things away from them, they got to occupy their time or their minds some other way, unfortunately. And in those cases there, unfortunately they ended up, you know, really, you know, falling off the wagon and that's, that sucks. That's sad. Um, yeah, I don't know about the States, but in the UK as well, um, I don't know what the statistics here are here at the moment. And I'm pretty sure they're still bad, but like first, first lockdown, I think a couple of weeks in maybe, yeah, I think a couple of weeks in just like suicide rates skyrocketed as well. And mostly men, especially because obviously there's this whole stigma, like as a dude, you don't have emotions, like you soldier on, you're like tough as nails, blah, 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 blah. So all these guys just ended up killing themselves because they had no gym, no work, no nothing, no people to support them. And that is, that's so heartbreaking. And there's people, the only thing people care about is like some disease where the statistics are also very shaky around, but they don't care about like the actual mental consequences that it has for a lot of people. I think the mental consequences for a lot of things are overlooked just in general period. Um, You know, no one ever factors in how something's going to affect someone mentally, even with kids, you know, how you talk to kids, it, it plays heavily and, you know, the tone that you use with the kid, your tone for your child is their inner voice, you know, mm-hmm. as, as they think about, you know, when they're sitting there doing something or, you know, if, if they're struggling with something, I try my damnedest to, you know, use a pretty neutral tone with my daughter. If she does something, you know, not, not devastating, but, you know, it's like if, if she's skipping around the house and stomping and, and shaking the house, you know, I try to, tell her not to do that in a way that's not yelling at her. Um, I try to yell as little as possible. Even when, you know, when I used to teach preschool, I didn't use, I, I would call it my teacher voice where I would have to speak louder. I wasn't yelling necessarily, but I had to speak loud enough for the kids to hear my voice. Um, so that way they could understand. But there's a difference between yelling and, and speaking loudly. And people lose sight of the ideal of just, how people's mental psyche, how, how we, I think all of us people in general are mentally weak and we are shaped very, very, very early on. Yeah, yeah, um, so, you know, you, you, there'll be people that, you know, they're like, I'm mentally strong and I'm not saying every, you know, you can gain mental strength, you know, you can, you can make that happen. There, there's so many people out there that are mentally strong, but you know, COVID is showing, you know, that that's something people are ignoring and a lot of us are suffering because it was ignored in the fact that, hey, you know, let's take away gyms. People, a lot of us need that to keep ourselves from going crazy. 
you know, let's take away certain jobs. A lot of people need some certain jobs. Number one, to keep food on the table, keep a roof over their head. But also some people, you know, some of those jobs is, you know, mindless as they may seem to us, you know, on the outside. Some jobs keep people from losing their minds because there's a routine to it. it, it it's tough. It, it's tough because I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. I just talked to my grandma a couple of days ago because I want to know what are we doing for the holidays and it 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 makes me sad, you know, talking with her because she was like, basically, we're not going to see each other for the holidays. We're not going to see each other for Thanksgiving. We're not going to see each other for Christmas. And I'm not really worried about the actual day of the, you know, whatever the holiday represents or what it means. I, I couldn't care less about that. I care about seeing my family <laughs> and my grandparents, you know, they're they're in their 90s. They're, they're cautious. They, they want to be safe. And I understand. And I told them, hey. If you want me to, I will quarantine for two weeks before whatever holiday is coming up because I love my family. I want to see them. Um, and right now we just have this thing that's going on that no one has any answers. You know, you have people that that want to go against the grain and say, well, it's not real. It's not this. It's not that. Well, they you don't know that. And then you have people that are saying, you know, no, it's devastating. It's, you know, it's destroying the world. And it's like, well, you don't know that either. Because like you said, the stats are a little, a little screwy. <laughs> um, so I don't know, you know, you, you see somebody that get hit by a car and they die and it's like, oh, COVID. Like, well, I don't think COVID <laughs> killed them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember that. I remember because in the Netherlands, for example, because obviously my parents live there and, um, uh, they uh, they said they told me at one point they sent me this article. I think my dad he sent me this article and uh, it actually said like a man dies from COVID and I'm like oh whoa wow that really makes headlines why is this in the news like you know more people have died and like yeah so this man actually got got shot but he and he he died but he also was diagnosed with COVID so he died from COVID it's like no he died because he bled out it was a shot wound <laughs> like he he died <laughs> because he. He bled to death. <laughs> like he... Yeah, yeah but COVID was entirely secondary there. Uh, unless, of course, they see the shot wound as an underlying condition, and then, you know, COVID was detrimental. No, I think he still bled out. But but st yeah. stuff like that, like, uh, uh, and I think it was in the States the same, in the Netherlands, in the States, and I think in a lot of countries where they actually conflated, have conflated a whole lot of numbers, where the death cause was actually one thing, but because they incidentally happened to have COVID uh, virus in their system, it was just conflated with the rest of the numbers. And in the Netherlands, for example, that was also a whole thing where a whole lot of people died probably because we had a bad flu season. And they most likely actually died from flu. But because the symptoms were similar to COVID, they died from COVID. But nobody actually even got tested at that point because we had no tests in the Netherlands except for like literally two provinces. So, you know, those stats, I... Uh, the the way I see it with the whole COVID thing is unless people start dying around me on the street, like during the Spanish flu when that swept over Europe like a hundred years ago, if that starts happening, yeah, that then it's time to panic. Until then, I'm gonna chill, and what everybody else does is not my concern, and I'm still going to the gym. So, um, I'm you know I take my cautions. You know I I wear my mask, I wash my hands, which that, that's a beautiful thing that COVID has uh, done for us. It's got people washing their hands again. You know, shout out to COVID for that. Like I saw a guy, you know, go to the bathroom and walk out and he didn't wash his hands. And, you know, I haven't seen that since COVID started. Now COVID's here. People, you see people in the bathroom, 
you know, for 15 minutes washing her hands. It's like, damn, dude, are you like, <laughs> like chill? Still, like, you wash your hands 15 times. It's all right now, man. But I, I'm just, I'm, you know, trying to stay cautious. My wife, she works with infants, so I got to be careful on my end, you know, not to bring anything back to her. My daughter, obviously, you know, want to take care of, and you know, I the, really the quarantine life. That's my life anyway. I don't go anywhere. I I go to jujitsu. I go to work. That that's those are the only places I go. I don't go to stores. I hate people, so I don't go to stores. I, I order all my stuff online. I go to the comic book shop once uh once in a while to check out some new books. But otherwise, I'm not messing with anyone else. So. Well, I think you have the convenient thing that you're married and you have a kid. Whereas I think the people who are hit hardest with the whole lockdown situation are the people who are on their own, like me. Like, I don't have a life now because I'm not in the office. I'm working from home. Literally, the only time in the day that I go out is if I have to go to the supermarket to get bananas or something or if I go to the gym. That, that's about it. Like, apart from customers, sometimes I don't speak to people for, like, days in a row. So, because I don't like my housemates. I try to avoid them because they're... No, I would probably end their life if I would talk to them too much. So that's a good thing. <laughs> but so, like, I think that uh, us, like, us lonely people, we're, like, hit the hardest, I think, in the end. I feel like if I weren't, yeah, if I didn't have a family, I, I, I don't know if things would have gone well for me mm-hmm. being locked down yeah. with, you know, because honestly, like I said, I don't go out. I don't, you know, I got friends that say, you know, I'll get a text. Cause I am that guy. It's like, I don't want to go out, but I do want to be invited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. I, I want to know that I'm included, but just understand that I'm not going to come out with you. Uh, I, I get texts from friends like, Hey, you want to go out here? You want to go out there? Hey, we haven't gone on in a while. And I, I told them, and honestly, a lot of times I can't anyway, my wife works nights, so I can't really go out anyway. Cause I got my daughter. And uh, one thing I was trying to explain to my buddy, once I started training jujitsu, I actually cut back on my drinking a lot because the only time back when I started training, I worked evenings, Monday through Friday. So I could only train on a Saturday and I, I didn't you know, want to drink Friday night because I had to go on Saturday morning to train. I didn't want to come and smell like booze and I didn't want to be a bad training partner. And I, Saturday nights, I didn't really, I didn't really do a lot either uh, once in a while, but not a whole lot. And then once I started training more, I especially cut down my drinking because I was dedicated to being in the best shape possible to compete and, and to train and you know, just, you know, be the best training partner that I could be. So for me with COVID, you know, if if I didn't have my family, yeah, I would have been one of those individuals like yourself where I don't speak to anyone for days. Um, and I think in even with with that, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if I would have made it because, you know, I don't necessarily like I said, I don't necessarily go out, but I do still have interactions where I you know, see coworkers or I see uh, tenants from work or teammates, stuff like that, you know, so that that's enough interaction for me. But if I don't, you know, if I'm just trapped by myself, uh, you know, I'd be in a bad spot. I think, Uh, you know, I'd maybe be sitting in a room with my action figures. I don't know. 
<laughs> who knows? But <laughs> so I'm not sure because for me, I'm a big comic book fan, and and that's a big thing with our culture over here. I'm not sure how it is over there um, for you all in Belfast, Belfast, Belf <laughs> Ireland. Between <laughs> um, my part. <laughs> um, do you like comic book characters? Do you watch the movies? Mm, I do like comic book characters. I've never, I never really got into comics itself because um, I grew up in a in a pretty poor family, so there was not like you know, and and comics, unlike in the states, probably comics here and in the Netherlands, they're actually quite expensive because they're all coming from the States. It's not not like, you know, you don't ex exactly get flooded here. You have to go to special shops to even get your hands on them and stuff. And then they're really expensive. So that was, I never grew up with them. Um, but uh, I did watch, um, I did watch all the Marvel movies. I'm a bit more of a Marvel fan than of a DC fan. Um, and probably unsurprisingly, my favorite will always be Deadpool. Like always, there's no, there's no better. So you know what's really, really funny about you saying that is, even though we're talking here, I'm watching Deadpool right now on the TV. Um, <laughs> well, because my my wife bought me some action figures earlier this week. Um, one of them is Domino from Deadpool, mm -hmm. and I, I love that character. I, I love the character from the comic. The comic character is much different. But I love the character in the movie, and when I saw they had a figure for her, I was like, "That's all I want from that set is her." Yep. And I, I love it. I love that. I love that figure in Cable as well. Mm -hmm. But I figured I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead. You know, because I, I hate sitting down here, even though we're talking, but there's no other like noise or stuff going on in the background. It's creepy in my basement. Um, <laughs> so. I, I put on, I was like, let me put on Deadpool 1. And I was like, well, no, I don't want Deadpool. I want to see Domino and I want to see Cable. So I put on Deadpool 2. And it's just funny that you know, it, Deadpool is, is a is is a fan favorite, though. He, he's a funny character, a good character in the comics and, you know, the movies, obviously, which aren't any different, actually. The, 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 you know, that's one thing I appreciate about the those movies is that they kept his character true to self. Um, yeah, but I, I, when I heard that Ryan Reynolds was finally getting the actual Deadpool, because obviously in like uh, in like uh, Wolverine or something, he had like the Deadpool role, but they completely—I don't know what that was. Like that was that made me cry. Honestly, that made me that hurt in my heart when I when that originally thing thing came out. And then when I heard he got like the actual Deadpool thing, and it was entirely up to him to create it. And like how he envisioned it, and knowing that Ryan Reynolds is such a huge Deadpool fan, I was like, "There is no way on earth that this is going to be disappointed," and it certainly wasn't. Like two amazing movies. Yeah, it, it, the first one, I, it's it's in my favorite movies. Uh, the second one, it's it's really good. I I was thinking about it because I'm the kind of guy that I like things being somewhat true to the original. So in the second one with, you know, again, Domino and not Domino and Cable specifically being how they are. It's like, I, I don't like that, but I love them in the movie for how they are, you know, how they're portrayed. So there is that, you know, I, I can still separate in and find some enjoyment in there one way or the other. But 
the the second movie as i'm you know watching it well not really watching but kind of it's on in the background i peek over every so often you know the second one is still really good and i had to think about it last night because i was like i'm gonna watch it today at some point and i started really breaking it down in my head at how much i really liked it i was like okay you know it's not really it, it's not as good as the first one but it's definitely pretty close it's, it's pretty solid because again they kept true to that deadpool character and you know, kudos Ryan Reynolds. And yeah, I'm a big fan of that guy, you know, way back to his Van Wilder days, which just about every role he plays for the most part is Van Wilder. And that's fine because it works and I enjoy it. But I enjoy some of his more serious roles as well. I'm a big fan of the guy. So good for that guy. I'm glad he exists because if he didn't, we wouldn't get the Deadpool movie. We'd have that trash version that they left in X-Men Origins Wolverine that I, I watched that because it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's on mm-hmm. Disney Plus. And I watched it and I remember my wife, she saw me watch. She was like, Why are you watching this? And I was like, Because I need to be punished. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I it, I'm not watching it for enjoyment. Trust me, I did something wrong and I need to and I need my eyes to burn right now. So that's why this is on. Jeez. Like, d- like enough. You don't need to scold me anymore. Remind me more of how dumb I am. Um so I guess that kind of answers my question. Then I was gonna ask you is Who's your favorite uh, character? I guess we got Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Like, I like, I like, I have read, like, as I said, I'm not like huge into comic book. I have read like the odd comic book here and there, most of them, to be fair, Deadpool. But uh, by now, like, I'm 28, I've missed so many years of stuff that if I have to catch up with everything I've missed now, I'll just be like, I don't know, this is just too much. So I'll just stick with the movies. And then, like, the bigger comics, like, I've like all the, you know, the massive ones that have like, you know, that you have to have read, I'll probably have read them at some point. Um, so that's kind of it. But like, there's nothing, no matter how much I watch or how much I read, there's nothing that beats Deadpool. I think it's the how hilarious and how cynical he is, but it's also the breaking of the fourth wall that I get such a huge kick out. Like, um, haven't you read the Deadpool comics where, um, what was it? The ones where he went into all those, like, those like, actual, like, real life novels and started killing, like, Moby Dick and all those characters and stuff. Oh, that's brilliant. It blew my mind. It's amazing. I feel like that character when they created that character back in um back in 90 89 mm-hmm. back you know back in the early 90s uh late 80s you know he was just kind of a a wisecracking character that wasn't really thought of much it was just like eh you know here's this character that really they pattern off of Deathstroke which is a character from the DC comics cuz Deadpool's name is Wade Wilson Deathstroke's name is Slade Wilson. So basically that's all they're doing was copying off of that character. And it was supposed to be just kind of a, you know, bullshit character just there to pop in for appearances. And he took off his first appearance, which I have somewhere here in this house. Uh, It's there are a lot of copies of it out there, but it's still worth a lot of money. Then his second appearance, also a lot of copies out there, but still worth a lot of money. Then his third appearance, still a lot of copies, but still worth a lot of money. And, you know, over time, they just started doing more and more with the character and making them more fun. And then when they did Cable and Deadpool, uh, they did that comic. And it's it's a fun comic to have because you have Cable, who's very serious, and Deadpool, who 
It's like, dude, relax. <laughs> like, yeah. have a chimichanga and fucking chill out. Yeah. So it's it's fun to have that that dynamic. And then they have a uh, Deadpool and Spider Man, which is another good uh, pairing up. So I like what they've been doing with a lot of the comics, a lot of the movies. Just it's it's fun. It's fun. And you know, to your point of there being so much history and trying to catch up. That's the thing. Some of the stuff isn't worth catching up to. Sometimes it's just like there are a couple of stories that are important for a certain point to even understand. Like, hey, read Captain America number 273. That's all you need to read. And read, you know, Deadpool one through six. That's all you need to read. You know, sometimes there's just a point of there are a couple of books that you need to read, some essential books. Like there's always with Batman, Batman year one and Dark Knight Returns. Okay, mm-hmm. you read those, you get a good feeling of who Batman is. Superman, there are a couple different books. Spider-Man, funny enough, there isn't really an essential Spider-Man book to read to really get a feeling for Spider-Man. Um, I'm sure there is, and uh, I bet someone out there is probably, you know, all eight of my listeners, one of them is probably like, what the fuck, man? Like, what about this book? And, and if that's the case, send me a message. You won't because no one ever does. Like, hey, feel free to send me a message. Nobody sends me messages. Y'all are the, y'all are the worst listeners. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, but with, you know, how they're doing these movies and how they're doing the books in relation to them now, it's all fun. I dig it. And I wanted to because I started thinking, I was like, I wonder, like, what's the comic book scene like over there? And, you know, that that is a good point. Yeah, they're imported from here. So, yeah, it does make sense that, yeah, they're going to cost a little bit more, which, hell, they're expensive here. So I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, like, it's it's not like we do have, we have like, a, I think we have like one dedicated comic book store in, in Belfast anyway, and it's pretty close to me. I think it's called like the comic book guys or something like that. And honestly, I've never been in there because it's always entirely dead. So I there's not it's not really enticing. But then we also have uh, the Lost Planet, I think it's called, and that's like this like this two story shop that has like comic books and like illustrated books, like uh, Neil Gaiman and all that kind of stuff, like illustrated versions. It's like fantastic, and they have lots of like uh, you know like they have like bags and like merchant like all the other like t-shirts and like the little um what do you call those little things with the big heads you, you know like the little yeah. dreams um all that kind of stuff oh here it comes hi those are the ones yeah 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 yes exactly those ones yeah so they sell that but it's like super expensive um but i, I like going in there just to look at stuff and you know wish that i had money to buy it <laughs> I I also wish that I had money to buy. To actually, a big part of my day today was meant to be lazy and do nothing. But then, at some point, I was like, "Dude, I want to run over to the comic shop today and pick up some books." But I'm in the minority of comic book readers. I enjoy reading digital comics because it's convenient, and I can and they're cheaper. (laughs) If I want to buy a book from 1973. I can buy it for a dollar ninety nine instead of you know three hundred dollars. So, you know, people can get mad at me if they want. Like, well, and it's like fuck off. Like, look, dude, I just want to read the story, and like, yeah. I don't care how I read it, whether I read it. I do understand that sentiment, like of feeling the weight, and like it's not sure. I also really like being able to buy food and pay my rent. <laughs> so, and and don't get me wrong, I do enjoy 
you know, I have a bunch of physical comic books and I do, I, I do pick through them and I still read them, but there are times where I'm like, look, man, I can get this book at the store, you know, it, it's going to cost me $36, mm-hmm. but Comixology is having a sale on it and it's half off. Uh, and I know, you know, there's even that issue too, where, Hey, it's things like that, that are shutting down comic book shops. I'm sorry. I still go to the comic shop and I still buy books, but I'm not buying every single book from the comic shop. You know, I might, you know, I might head out there Sunday afternoon, buy some action figures, you know, a couple Batman tales I want to grab and take a look at what, what I'm going to really do is I'm going to go buy them. I'm going to flip through them. I'm not even going to read them. I'm going to sit them down. And then someone's going to ask, oh, dude, have you read this? And I'm going to say yes. And then we're going to start talking. I'm going to remember that I didn't read it because that's what I do. I buy comics. I say I'm going to read it. I sit it down and then I don't read it. And then I get mad at myself when I look at this massive pile of comics that I'm so behind on. And then I get depressed and then I go and eat myself into a stupor because I'm emotionally eating. Dude, I've got a lot of issues, just a lot of them. Um, yeah, I totally relate to that. I, I ha- obviously haven't had it with comic books, but uh, back in my student days, like when I was still in university back in the Netherlands, I think at some point I had collected about, I think my my final count was about 423 books. And I probably, apart from my study books, read five or six. So that was just a pile that kept growing. And I was like, oh, I want to read all of this. I never did. <laughs> I have that issue with, you know, books in general too. I have um I have all of the Anne Rice Vampire Chronicle books. Mm-hmm. And I read Interview with the Vampire, The Vampire Lestat, and I may have read some of Queen of the Dam. And then after that, I just have a stack of books that are just sitting there. And then I know I didn't fin- I, d- I didn't finish Queen of the Dam because there's still a bookmark. And so every time I pick it up and I say, oh, shit, and I start reading, I'm like, oh, I should probably start over. And then I go back and read the first two books. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. There are, there, there are no pictures in this. What? Like, I don't read yeah. books without pictures. I, like, even when um, I post stuff for our my friend's podcast for Nerd Rage Radio, I handle their Facebook post and I'll post articles and people will say, dude, did you even read the article? And I'm like, you know, I didn't read the article. There aren't enough pictures in that article. That's all words. It's not that I can't read. I just didn't want to fuck all of you. So, um, and then once in a while I'll read an article and I'll, I'll write the art. I'll write in the description what it said. And I'll tell, I'll even tell people, it's like, Hey, I read like a quarter of the article. So this is what I got. You guys got to read the rest. So at least I'm being honest and letting them know. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty standard though just for how i think and how i handle things i i buy things to excess and then i don't even utilize it sounds uh very um i complain about it, but then i do it myself so you know whatever's whatever so with you being out of jiu-jitsu right now and you know hopefully you know getting back to it um in, in the near future, do you have any reservations or feelings about, you know, just kind of coming back to it thinking, cause I know some people th- there's been a post going around lately and it's been kind of messing with my head too. Cause I haven't really been training uh, consistently about mm-hmm. quitting, like don't quit because it's harder to come back, you know, after leaving, do you have any mm-hmm. like, you know, anxieties about coming back to training? 
No, 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 none at all. Because, um, because uh, as I told you, I have been training during traveling and stuff, and um, every single time I step on the mats and I get rolled, that is when I realize how fucking happy it makes me. And then, you know, when I have to stop training again, it just makes me super sad. So I'm just really, really excited to be able to have a gym where I can just go consistently. And there's no reservations at all. It's like, because I've been talking to the guy who owns the place, because he's a mate of mine. And uh, he says like, oh, and this person is a killer and that person will completely destroy you. And I'm just like, I'm here for it. Please destroy me all you can. That's good. It's it's always good to hear First off, people that want that challenge, you know, mm-hmm. they, they want to, they, they embrace that um, challenge and, and, and embrace the violence because there, there is peace and violence. Uh, as odd as that may sound, there is peace and violence. I don't know if that makes any sense in how I said it to anyone that's listening, but trust me, it makes a lot of sense in my head right now. And that's what really counts. <laughs> but that's good. Though. I'm glad to hear that. And moving forward do you have any kind of I guess, short-term goals with getting back and then long-term goals even i guess most people's uh-huh. long-term goal is get black belt but you know i honestly i don't i i don't care that much about the whole belt thing to be honest i'll probably get there at some point but whether that's in 10 years or 20 years it really doesn't matter to me um and I, I my main goal is just to get back to the level where i was before because now i notice when i train like i do still have a lot of muscle memory left and there's a lot of things that kind of just happen without me really thinking about it but it doesn't feel as smooth as it used to and there's also a lot of times when i'm like going for something like for a submission and then i actually have to stop and i'm like wait i just can't remember how to finish this um like before before i uh, i had to leave my gym for example i was absolutely amazing at straight ankle locks and ezekiel's like i can smell still smell ezekiel's coming from 50 miles away i know you're going to do it before you've even thought about it yourself but uh, i used to be able to apply them from literally any position straight ankle locks as well i used to just lure people into them like give them the sense that they were winning and then suddenly they were like ah what the hell is happening to my ankle and i was like that was me but now it's just like i feel so rusty and the things that i used to be able to do without even thinking about it like it just don't happen anymore so i totally feel like i'm back at white belt level so the very first thing that i need to do is just like get that consistency back get back to the level where i was and then from there whatever happens happens good good i like to hear that and that that actually kind of motivates me just like hearing you say it i'm like damn dude i want to get out there on the mat right now um <laughs> but one teammate he, he was texting me right before we started up he went to class last night. It was the first time that he's been back probably since the beginning of when we started opening gyms back up here back in June. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he, you know, felt good. He was excited. And then I started thinking like, damn, dude, I need to get back on these mats. I, I want to. And now hearing you say that, I'm like, damn, dude, I really, really want to get back on the mats yeah. now. Yeah. I might text someone like hey you want to go to the gym tonight please say yes no okay we don't got to be friends no way um well that's good though i'm glad to hear that and it just sounds like you know you've got a good a good frame of mind going back into training and and getting back out there so it's good to hear because 
Yeah, I'm super excited, honestly. <laughs> um, like, I, I, now, now, as you know yourself, like I'm and now I'm always lifting and stuff. And it's fun. Like I like to be able to rack pull like twice my own weight and stuff, but it's not the same as actually, you know, actually tucking on someone's gi and like choking them with it and stuff. Like it's just not the same thing. <laughs> I see and I, I agree. I when this all shut down, I got mats and I put them down here in the basement. And we were doing Zoom classes, and that was fine for what it was, but it's tough. And then I started training my daughter because she was going to be old enough to start taking a kids class, and I was excited. I was like, "Yes, you know, you know, get her kind of a little bit of a head start, so she could get in there and start running around and doing things, and you know, just not getting her in there now. Uh, I, can't, I actually can't get her in there until next next birthday when she turns five, I believe, but it's, you know, doing anything that isn't jujitsu just doesn't feel right. You know, I thought about lifting weights again. I, I jumped on the treadmill a bit and started running and, you know, kudos to the people who are out there, you know, finding other avenues that, you know, there are a lot of people who I've seen transition, not just because of COVID, but in general, who transitioned from jujitsu to running. And mm -hmm. that's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm glad that's working out for them. I, I can't be one of those people. Uh, I, it's just not for me personally. But even in general, just the ideal of lifting weights, I want to get back to lifting weights. Before I started jujitsu, that's all I did was lift weights, play football and basketball. Uh, you know, I was very, very active. And now I'm in this weird bubble where jujitsu is all there is to it. I just need to figure out how to get my weightlifting regimen set to complement my grappling and i think that's where my brain is always kind of clogging up and then i also make the excuse of being old uh i'm what 42 yeah <laughs> 42 so i always make this excuse so well dude you're in your 40 so you know you can only do one of these activities you can't lift weights and do jujitsu meanwhile one of my classmates he looks like luke cage like, this dude looks like a superhero. It's like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, you know, this kid I went to school with back, you know, we graduated together, you know, we're the same age and he looks like a fucking superhero. So mm -hmm. it's not that I can't do it. It's just, you know, the discipline for myself, you know, yeah. and I, I keep talking myself out of it. So I'll get back to it. And, you know, yeah, I see in your stories, you know, you post, you lifting weights. I'm like, you know, good for her. Like, you know, I, I see you. There are a couple other um, people on Instagram. I see you all lifting weights. I'm like, I need to get back to that. Just the mentality of mm -hmm. wanting to to do it. I always feel like when I'm lifting weights, I don't feel like I'm doing. I, I feel like I'm not doing enough. It's like I feel like I got like I guess I'm just so used to jujitsu where like little movements can mean a whole lot yeah. and there's a lot going on but when i'm lifting weights i have to kind of set that same mindset it's like if i'm doing power cleans you know just understand that this movement here affects this here and that there and this is how it's going to complement you on the mat yeah um, that's so. exactly what i keep in mind now as well like the the rec pulls is ideal if i'm like try, if someone has me in their closed guard or something and i need to like make, do like stand up in order to get out or something that's perfect like with rec pulls or 
um, hip thrust or something like every like so many things in jiu-jitsu whether you're on your side like shrimping is technically like a sideward hip thrust or something let alone if you have someone on you when you have to shrimp or if you someone is on mount of, uh, on you and you like have to bridge up like hip thrusts are perfect for that and me doing 180 kilos which is like what is it, like 300 pound or something i think i'll have a fair chance of bucking people up these days whereas before i would just be stuck you know what i mean so there's definitely some and that's the way i'm thinking as well it's like ah, i really don't want to go to the gym today i don't want to do those stupid hip thrusts again but by the time i get back to jiu-jitsu nobody is going to stay on my like in mount on me because they'll be flying before they even realize what's going on so Good way to put it. Good way to connect it. And I, I'll keep those. I'll keep that in mind when I'm actually number one lifting weights myself and how to connect. But also, if I ever travel and and we end up rolling, I'll make sure like so side control and mount won't work for her. So I just got to figure out another attack. <laughs> I think anyone who's doing jujitsu is a survivor, in in some capacity, yeah. and that's what helps us with this sport. I mean, I have teammates, they go to competitions, and if if they're at an IBJJF tournament and they're getting choked, they're going to sleep. <laughs> they're not tapping. They're going out. And it's like, at first, it took me a while to understand. I was like, what the fuck? Like, you're going to sleep? But then you understand. It's like, they're going to keep going until, you know, they can get out. Or they're not going to tap out because that's admitting, you know, hey, you beat me versus I'm going to keep trying to fight out of this even if I go unconscious. Now, when it comes to limbs breaking and snapping, I think we're all going to tap to that. But when it comes to a choke, we're like, you know what? It's not, you know, I could have used a nap anyway. I was a little tired to begin with. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also, I really do feel that people who are not like that, they get filtered out of jiu-jitsu so, so quickly. Um, can I can I tell you a funny story about one of them? Of course. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I, I don't know if it's actually funny for other people who are listening or whatever, but I think it's really funny. But, uh, so in my, my previous gym, so, um, we had this guy, we had, a, we have, we had an older guy called Jim. So when we had this new guy coming in, whose name was also Jim, we called him Jimmy because we couldn't have two gyms and he didn't like that, but nobody really cared because he, you know how sometimes people come in and they give up, give off a vibe and you're just uh, instantly, everybody is like, not quite sure about this one so we were just teasing him with the name initially and then really soon everybody slowly bit by bit started to notice that he could not deal with jokes whatsoever like i kid you not one time i had him in like i was in mount top mount and i crawled forward and i didn't even i was not planning on going for a choke at all i was going for a kimura or whatever and uh i like literally my my arm went like on his chest like just my hand on his chest and he tapped and i was like what are you what are, what are you tapping for and he was like oh you were going for a choke and i was I, like i wouldn't be able to get out of that so i just tapped and i was like i was going for your arm that's not the same thing as your neck but all right so 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 at some point he just he just did a couple of things he really annoyed me he injured me one time when we were doing hip tosses and he like full landed on my leg like injured my knee and all this kind of stuff so i just decided not to roll with him for a while and then uh, i had to go back to the netherlands for a couple of months um and right like the last day that i was training there jimmy comes over and says andy do you want to roll and I'm like, oh, okay, I, you know, whatever, I'm almost leaving anyway, so it's fine. 
And I think like our timer was set, every round was set to six minutes. And in the first four minutes, I tapped him about 25 times, like back to back to back, like different, no chokes, but just different like submissions. And at like after four minutes, he was like heaving and like gassing. And he was like, I, I can't, I can't. And I was like, Jimmy, calm down for the last two minutes. I'll just lie here, get let you get into position. You can train whatever you want. And he was like, no, 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 I can't do it. Like, no. I was like, oh my God, you're a pussy. Well, okay, fine. So I went back home, right? And at some point I was chatting to some of the guys in the gym and they're like, Andy, you're not going to believe this. Jimmy, Jimmy, you, you're not going to believe what he told us. And I was like, what? I want to, I want to hear what the tea is. And they are like, yeah, so so we were starting to asking him questions, right, about why is he so afraid of being choked? And he actually came up with a story that he, when he was seven, people tried to hang him from a tree. And he was like, yeah, oh, yeah, they put a rope around my throat and they hung me from a tree and they left me there for dead. And everybody was like, right, that's pretty traumatic. But uh, how did you survive? And he was like, well, shall we roll now? <laughs> And everybody was like, oh, he's such a liar. And then they just started choking him continuously. And when he tapped, they just continued. They just continued. And within a week, he was gone. Like, never, nobody ever saw him again. So, yeah. well, you know, hopefully, Jimmy took up running. Maybe, maybe <laughs> he grabbed a new sport, uh, took up running or cycling. And maybe, yeah, like anything that doesn't involve chokes. And that's okay. That's fine. Um, all right. Well, Andy, thank you for being my guest today. This this has been a lot of fun. And through all of our conversations through Messenger on Instagram, I, I was like, let me ask her if she wants to be a guest because we, we have a lot of um, mostly political conversations, but they're always very, very um, good conversations, I think. And I was like, you know what? she's like it'll be fun to have her on as a guest number one i, I love your accent and and the funny thing is i know just with people in general when when you know we talk about it here in the u.s about accents whether it be you know you're from up north or down south or out west everyone's got an accent and you know we're all like well i don't know what you're talking about i, I, don't, I don't have an accent my buddy we we're talking about that he goes i don't have an accent and i was like dude maybe not to us because we grew up together but to other people you have an accent dickhead so um i, I always keep that in mind with, when i talk but also then when like listening to you it's like but i i hope that doesn't piss her off because like she she makes a habit of fighting guys and choking them and she's taller than me so and she lifts weights so if she gets mad there's nothing i can do to defend myself i'm, I'm just gonna i'm gonna go the route of jimmy and just happening take up take up cycling um so thank you again so much for being my guest um and you have anything that you want to um shout out promote anything you want to mention uh, before we get out of here most people don't but i always want to open the floor up just to give you that option in case you're like oh yeah by the way i'm writing a book you know or hey you know we just worked on a music video you know it's like oh okay we didn't why didn't we talk about this in the podcast there's there's no there's no books i'm writing or anything i'm not that talented but if there's one thing i may shout out it's for the people who are, they're mainly uk based but i think they're 
just a very good thing for other people, especially in jiu-jitsu, to follow as well. They're called um, Reorg. It's a R-E-O-R-G. And they are a um, organization that actually help um, veterans and especially those who have been either traumatized or physically injured by um, their ex- war experiences. They help them like, you know, get a new purpose in life and like fight through all their battles and stuff through jujitsu. So anyone who wants to support something cool like that, do check them out, please, because they're really awesome. And if you like Tom Hardy, he's actually an ambassador of theirs. Awesome. Awesome. I'll, I'll take a look into that as well myself. That sounds really, really cool. And I think we need more stuff like that, more um, programs to help. So, uh, you know, I'll take a look into that myself and you all that are listening, you know, check it out also. Um, thank you for that. And um, on my end, as usual, my shout outs, Jiu-Jitsu Happy Hour check out Steph and Michelle. They have a great show that pops up on YouTube every Sunday, 12 o'clock Pacific time. Um, also check out Nerd Rage Radio. Those are my guys that, that got me started. Bobby, Pinkerton, Joe. Um, great, great guys. So check them out. Also, student of BJJ. Always want to make sure you check him out on Instagram and check out the website as well. And the Sony Brown Breakdown. If you all have any questions or concerns, always feel free to reach out to me at Off The Mats Podcast on Instagram or BJJ.Wiki on Instagram as well. I also have them on Facebook, but again, I don't really mess with it over there. I just post. I don't really interact too much over there. Um, Also, thank you, everyone. Again, I say it every episode. Thank you, everyone, for downloading, listening, supporting, just any kind words that, that comes my way. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is a weird project for me that I just do just for funsies, you know, to get to sit down and have good conversations with, you know, people that I interact with on Instagram. I should really change the name of the show to something Instagram related because most of my guests are from Instagram. Um, But this is always a fun little, you know, moment for me to sit down and just learn about, you know, my what I call imaginary friends Um, because, even though we all have great conversations, y'all don't exist. Not to me until until I go to one of your weddings, which I did go to someone's wedding down in Florida. So, um, but thank you everyone for for listening, downloading, supporting. This is really awesome. This has been fun. Um, so again, keep listening, keep downloading. If you want to be a guest on here, reach out to me. I'm here. I'm open. I'm a nice guy. I don't bite, and I. Don't curse a lot. So thanks everyone for listening and you all be safe out there. They Now let me see song.